Welcome to Lightning Rounds. This is a podcast from Refuge Young Adults, where we get the chance to talk about culture and the Bible and stuff that goes on in our life day to day. We get to ask some honest cultural questions from most of you who are listening um, that send them in, and hopefully you get honest answers that are from the Bible (laughs) from us. Zach, what's up? We got Pastor Andrew here. Hello. And our guest today is Joel Ronsheimer. Is that how is that? Yeah, Ronsheimer nailed it. Ronsheimer. <laughs> Ronsheimer. Is that a Ronsheimer? Allegedly German? German. Allegedly? I was born here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, German. There's Germans in uh, in, there or there's Bronzheimers in Germany that look just like. There's me. Germans in Germany. <laughs> there's a lot of Germans right in Germany. Believe it or not, there's so yeah. many. I met them. Somebody somebody came on the boat, so we're here. But we all look alike. Oh, Joel, we love you, man. Thanks. Um, thank you so much for joining us. You're currently undergoing a secret project here at church, <laughs> working on the Ark of the Covenant here. Yes. Yes. What you want to share? Maybe share just a little bit. What, what is that? Is well, that I tell you what. Uh, or is that you want? Yeah. No. Through through whatever means, glory hallelujah. The, uh, there is there is uh, the green light to build a coffee cart. Yes. And every young adult rejoiced. <laughs> would you say? <laughs> would you say that you know that the spirit is moving? Plus, <laughs> when, when COVID hit, the spirit came with it. I'm just telling you, things are different. Things will not be normal again. Oh my Praise gosh. the Lord. Great. Suddenly, um, there's coffee flowing everywhere. So yeah, no, we're excited. It's not quite, it's not quite dialed in yet, but but it's working. Like it's functional. The plumbing works. The the sweet machine is on top of mm-hmm. the cart. A few few tweaks we got to do, but it's we're gonna have coffee here pretty soon. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. God answered our prayer, Andrew. I know it's been about three years. It's been it's been a long time. <laughs> Which it goes to show you, persistent prayer, mm-hmm. the fervent. Prayer of a righteous man. Preach it. Preach it. Right Avails now. much. And this is evidence of it right here. And, uh, keep asking. Keep, keep asking. knocking. Keep it sick. Yeah. Did you ever oh. think you'd be an answer to prayer, Joel? <laughs> no comment. Remember that song, so, Send Me an Angel? <laughs> right now. Like the punk goes to pop version of it was so good. I think that's the reason why you guys came from Germany. The Ronsheimers came here was for this purpose. (laughs) For such a time. For such a time. Joel, like we said, you're so welcome here. We're super excited to have you here. You know, getting to know you since you um, jumped on staff here at at San Juan. You're a lover of of coffee. Yeah. You love talking about it, making it, making, you know, pulling shots. It's, building coffee carts. There's a culture behind it. The and culture. It's, and I've grown. In, I've grown to love the culture, even the, though. And here's the, here's the the whatever the juxtaposition of it is like, about five, six, seven years ago, I was a you know Mountain Dew addict along with coffee and any anything with caffeine, and I I quit. I like I literally had to quit for a while, um, and then I started sleeping, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like like there's a pattern came back. Like I just was you know everything was a little off. <laughs> And I think a doctor was like, I think your adrenals are crashed. And I'm like, well, whatever. Um, so I quit caffeine for like, I mean, it must have been close to a year. And then when I came back, I, I was super caffeine sensitive. So like, I, it's a shame. I drink decaf now. 
It's okay. I know. But, and I'm working it back in, so I'm still, I'm trying to get back on the train, or it's off like, the train. Off the train, yeah. on the train. On the, it, yeah. It's a little strange, because you're from Germany. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, that's now not, I am. Not that, that's not the weird part. As of 20 minutes but ago. But I'm also, my last name is Neumann, which is extremely German. <laughs> I also have had a Mountain Dew addiction <laughs> for many years. It's, still fighting the good fight. <laughs> We all fall <laughs> and have a serious coffee issue that I've been working through and my adrenals are shot. But yeah. I haven't gotten to that point of quitting. When you got four kids, young kids, so sleep's really not a... It's not an option. Yeah. But... But the culture, but the coffee culture has a lot of... It's <laughs> Yes. You know. You love it. You it's, love it. Yeah, it's fun. And There's it's awesome. Of, yeah. You're a decaf drinker, maybe didn't even know coffee at all, but you love the coffee culture. Yes. Third, third wave? Fourth third wave. wave. Third, third wave. wave. Okay. Fourth is coming, but fourth I, is yeah. coming. Yeah. Revival's gonna come before the fourth yeah. wave. Yeah. <laughs> we raptured by then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so why don't you just kind of give a little brief explanation of uh, who you are, Joel, where you were born, your family, your involvement here, even at Calvary San Juan, just to kind of introduce our listeners. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, so originally grew up kind of a Midwest boy. And then went to college in Minnesota, and it was so cold at the end, the, the few of us left out of Bible college that were not married, we're like, me and a buddy, we're like, let's go somewhere warm. <laughs> and literally, we're like, Florida or California. And this pastor, when he was like, oh, my, my niece has, a, has an apartment in California. So, so we're like, okay, hey, peace out. And we moved without, without knowing anything, got in a car, moved to uh, San Pedro, California, which is, which is uh, at the base of L.A., it's just this little Hispanic ghetto at the bottom. Pretty. It's very pretty. Who's <laughs> <laughs> asking? Yeah. No, but, and, and we were the only people on the block that spoke Spanish. Me and this other, like, <laughs> little white guy. It was, it was, it was, we were just a funny, a funny thing. The kids loved us, though. They, they're just having white guys on the street. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so that was my introduction to California. But, but was here ever since. And then I'm getting married, moving down to, the south, to Orange County. Met your wife. Your wife's Met name. Met my wife, Katie. Katie, awesome Katie. She was the. She's an answer to prayer. She's right an, on. She's an angel. Dude. Angel. Um, I think that goes for all of our wives. Just for the record, <laughs> yes. you're, you're serious answer to <laughs> prayer. We're, yes. we're all surprised we're thank married so here. Much. Looking around the room, <laughs> thank you God. <laughs> there is a God. There is a God. <laughs> yeah, being alone, drinking Mountain Dew and coffee is, <laughs> gets old. <laughs> it's a lot of time to serve. You need someone to drink it with. Yes. <laughs> You do. Uh, so yeah, I'm married, and then and then for the last four years, we actually went to Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, help out with a church plant, um, and that was that was awesome. It was kind of gnarly, just a different culture. Yeah. Boulder, in fact, what we're talking about today will we'll, we'll tie in because Boulder is a very very progressive, very intellectual, but also a very like hippie slash whatever you want. Very uh, a lot a lot of um, a lot of drugs, alcohol. Um, but but like legal, like marijuana is just another thing. Yeah. So it's a very progressive town. Um, so I had a lot of great conversations, a lot of neat people, um, and a lot of people who were antagonistic without knowing why. Like like they didn't like Jesus or they had something against them, but they didn't know why. Mm. You know. So so that was kind of neat, just talking to them. Um, but uh, then came back here in January, back. So yeah, so blessed to be back. You guys, it's, it's been it's been a fun ride. Awesome. So, what do you get to do here? What's some of your? Yeah, well, right, right before COVID hit, before the, the week I got hired before COVID hit, um, <laughs> we had we they kind of wanted us to round up the uh, the young couples 
and the young families. And so we did have a meeting with the young young couples. And that means like, you know, you just got married or, or you're engaged or thinking about getting engaged or serious about it. Um, and, and a bunch of good people. And we've been able to actually now meet through COVID, like do the outside thing or park hangs. And um, and so just, just walking, walking, you know, walking the walk with, with couples and hopefully we'll get the families roped in after after we're all allowed to get back together. So, so yeah, that's kind of it. And then whatever else helps, you know, Calvary guys, we just help out wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm actually really excited that you're doing young couples and young families because, I mean, me personally, I fall in both of those camps. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, young couple so and then just they, look at that, three. And young adults. So that's three. Adults. Wow. You're a busy that's three guy. Groups. <laughs> busy guy. Yeah, Joel. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you here, man. Thanks for joining us for you our bet. podcast. Um, before we get into tonight's um, question, tonight, is it? What, what time is it right now? I think it's it just dark. It depends on when you're... What is this air? Is time relevant right now? <laughs> it doesn't matter. When your we'll we'll listeners it, yeah. listen to this. <laughs> is two, it a Friday? Two in the morning. <laughs> we're going to do a little um, segment okay. called Sorry Not Sorry. And so what... This is going to play in with the question that we're, we got asked. Um, but I have these guys, gave them a second page, listed are some pictures of some of the Internet's funniest apologies. <laughs> and so I figured you two could kind of go back and forth and read these. And just, just kind of, I mean, for the people, they can't see these, okay. but kind of comment what is kind of going on in the picture. <laughs> and uh, what's And maybe give some comments on it, like what... Like what's happening and and stuff and so maybe we'll start with our guest Joel. You can read number yeah. one. You can start with the first one. This is sorry, not sorry. Funny apologies. Yes, sorry, not sorry. Number one, and it's you can tell he just found a piece of paper in his car as it has like a budget, you know, like a budget truck rental thing that just a pad of paper. He just <laughs> randomly had. So it says, <clears throat> it says, "Hi, my name is Jack. I accidentally hit your car, and someone saw me, so I'm pretending <laughs> to write down my details." Sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It's messed up. Not sorry, Jack. <laughs> sorry. No, no, that's I like that someone that's saw funny. him, so he's like, ah, I guess I'll I guess pretend I have, to do the right to, thing. Yeah. <laughs> to look like you're doing the right thing. I yeah. had the opportunity to do the right thing, but I'm going to pretend to do the right thing. Good night. That's good. All right. Uh, all right. The no, second one here, it's a little different. <laughs> What's written on? It looks like it's written in a Starbucks restroom mm-hmm. on a paper towel in big red letters. It says, <laughs> it says, clogged. Sorry. <laughs> You can't finish it. I can't finish, finish it. it. It says, but feeling much better. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but I'm not that sorry. I feel a lot better. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's courteous, though. He's more yeah. courteous than, than the previous guy. <laughs> no, yeah. At least he did do the right thing. Yeah. Just pretend. Someone got something out of it. He's... Oh, my gosh. Uh. Didn't leave his name though. Yeah, didn't leave his name. I don't think anyone wants this. You wouldn't leave your name for that. Jack. Sorry, <laughs> I clogged. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right, let's go with number three. Numero trace. This one's good because you can tell that maybe, maybe, maybe not, but it looks like a kid wrote it, 
and either is used to just getting in trouble a lot <laughs> or he's just over getting in trouble. It's on this little kind of paper that her mom would have at home and it's written like an adult with a left hand or, or a kid. And it says, literally, and they, they messed up one word and had to scratch it out. It says, sorry because of nothing. <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell your brother you're sorry. 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 Do anything wrong? Nothing. I dare you. Oh my That's goodness. So good. uh, this too is also written maybe by like a seven year old, a little bit older, a little bit better handwriting. Dear Brody, Miss P made me write you this note. All I want to say sorry for is not being sorry because I tried to feel sorry, but I don't. <laughs> From Liam. <laughs> All right, Liam. There's honesty right there. Wow. That's some honesty. Sorry, dude. Uh, we need sorry. the Liam in our life. Don't feel sorry. To be I try to feel bad about it, but I just don't. Wow. Uh, you're not over. alone, Liam. We've all been there. That is Sometimes you're over it, Liam. That's human nature right uh, there. Yeah. Sometimes so, you're over it. The reason why we um, did that little segment is today we're answering the question... Why is apologetics mm. so important for a Christian? Ooh. Why is apologetics so important for a Christian? And, you know, I think for some of you that might be listening, you know, <laughs> I know we just read the funniest apologies, but <laughs> <laughs> apologetics isn't like, I'm sorry that I believe in Jesus. Like, you're not apologizing to <laughs> Sorry to about that. Sorry, I'm not you. sorry that I believe in Jesus. <laughs> but... Um, is there somebody who wants to give a definition of apologetics out there? I believe it's to give a defense. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. give a defense towards um, what you believe and why. And so being able to give a defense, right? Is that the right answer? Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Totally, that's cool. totally the right answer. Yeah. I, I was going to look it up. No, yeah. The, <laughs> the verse that, that this is going to connect with is in 1 Peter 3.15. And you might be familiar with this, this verse, but in 1 Peter 3.15, we read it and it says... But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And yeah, that's actually where we get the term apologetics. Um, that, that term that's used for the word defense is the word apologia, mm-hmm. um, where, which means to give a reason or a reason argument for a position. And so... Being that you who are listening tonight, this morning, maybe whenever you listen to this, <laughs> you're probably really excited to hear our answer to this because you obviously know how qualified we are <laughs> in apology. Yeah, I, I didn't even graduate Bible college, which is only two years. <laughs> didn't, didn't make it. So. Uh, so be gentle with us. We're just a couple of guys that love Jesus. Yeah. And- I think I got a C in apologetics <laughs> class. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think we can all agree apologetics is important. We can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not. We're all nodding our heads for this one. Mm. Yeah. Does, does anyone want to maybe t- try and take a stab at that question? Why? Why is it important for a Christian? You, you know, first? I'll give. Uh, so I'm a very kind of nuts and bolts guy. I'll give. And again, this is this may be where a lot of you guys are at um, listening because. For me, I wasn't really a studier. Like, studying was just hard for me. Like, I was smart, but not just hard to study, hard to remember facts, hard to process stuff. So, um, for me, apologetics was always a struggle. 
And I'd hear these guys, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Robin Zacharias and all these guys that just gave great answers and just so smart. And, and even their answers made sense. And I was like, that's so good. And I could never repeat them. I'm like, you know, comes back around to it. I'm like, I know I've heard this, but I can't. So I'm just yeah. a very kind of a average dude with that. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, just like, like you maybe, I went through, I remember in theology class, I'd actually get frustrated because they're, they're debating different sides of these issues where, um, you know, uh, about maybe the faith. And it didn't really make sense to me. I was like, well, you guys have to kind of meet in the middle. Or how does, I always wanted to know how it, how it meant or how it fit in my practical life. Because if it didn't fit practically, it's more information, again, that I can't really try to remember and not process and grasp onto. So, so maybe you're kind of an average person like me and, um, and you're wondering, you know, what, what's the importance of it. And, and as I've gone on in my walk, I've realized that uh, sometimes it does come down to personality. There, there's certain personalities that, um, and they are the, either the studiers or just the intellectuals. And, and so they'll grasp onto that side of it. And they are so uh, equipped and, and important to be able to connect to those other personalities that are like that. And they want these deep answers for things. And that's how they wrestle and come to faith. Yeah. And then there's others of us that um, that maybe just can't hold on to those or remember them all the time. Um, but you still want to know whatever it is, you want to know what you believe. Yeah. Um, you want to know what you believe and why. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I think it, it comes out to a very practical thing of if it's yeah. not for answering other people, which is really good too, and explain your faith or even just your neighbor. Um the big thing, one big thing, and we talked about this earlier, is for me is um, you always have an accuser, meaning mm-hmm. you always have the devil accusing you personally. So you need to know what you believe believe, or the promises the Lord has given you mm-hmm. so that you can defend against the lies of the devil. Because yeah. those lies are always coming um, probably more than you'll get asked by mm-hmm. other people, yeah. you know, and then... Um, so, so for me, that's one of the big important reasons yeah. is, you know, the, the foundation of the faith, know those and know why you believe what you believe. Sweet. Yeah, um, I think it's super important. I mean, we all deal with defending Christ inwardly from the lies of the enemy. I, I think that's the first and probably one of the biggest attacks Christians face when they give their life to him is, am I really saved? Did that really work? You know, defending the truths of Christ um, for yourself against the attacks of the enemy in your mind. And um, it's another story also to apply that or to be grounded enough, like you were saying, Joel, into a place where you're able to talk to somebody else that might have those mm. questions or might bring up those concerns um, about that. You're going to say something, Andrew, about that? I, I was thinking of what Paul said when he says that I'm, I'm convinced. <clears throat> and he used that word often, like, I'm convinced, I'm convinced. And like, again, revisiting the evidence and that convincing him of, of the truth of what he believed. And so I think for us, I think when we ever have like an apologist come and like he shares on evidence for scripture or evidence, whatever, again, it just like convinces me again, not that I wasn't convinced, but it strengthens my faith. I think if you look at Paul's life and the reason he lived the way he did was because he was fully convinced mm. And had no doubt that this yeah. was, you know, he saw the risen Savior. Um, he was convinced that God loved him. He was convinced of of God's plan for him. And so I think always, there's always this struggle of like, I need to be, again, just grounded and convinced, like, this is the right thing. This is the right way. Um, because like you're saying, there are lies and attacks that come and you're like, 
is that true? And you don't even know that it's actually taking root sometimes. And so when you're hit with um, a strong defense for what you believe in, again, it just like solidifies your, your yeah. faith. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm kind of actually, I've mentioned this to you guys. I'm really glad that we're answering this question. You know, this is Friday, um, May, what, 24th? First, oh, what's the date? Second. 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 I was off Second. by a day, sorry. 22nd. And um, if you've kind of been following at all Christian news, what's been going on, um, we just lost um, a great man, frontier leader in apologetics. Mm-hmm. You know, went to home be, to be with the Lord, Ravi Zacharias, earlier this week. Yeah. And um, I mean, that guy, like, I, I, I remember hearing that guy when I was living in Texas on the radio when I was in middle school and going into high school and hearing that classical music, you know, (laughs) you know, play (laughs) and hearing this, such an eloquent and such a, um, loving response to, um, to the questions that people had of Mm -hmm. the faith, you know, and, and I, maybe if I can kind of throw the conversation this way, you know, one thing that I was noticing, um, even in my own life, you know, and with people that we minister and people that we meet is that everybody has questions. That's yeah. something that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has, everyone seeks questions. We all, um, or rather seeks answers and we all wrestle with these questions. Um, and asking questions actually in reality is a gift that God's given us and how we grow our minds. Mm-hmm. It's how we grow our thinking. Yeah. Um, and you know, most of the people though, that we might, let's say encounter with these questions, um, more often than not, the question's deeper than what, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking, they're not looking just for an answer. There's something they're looking for that's deeper than an answer. Um, and I think it, it, even that in itself shows the reason why apologetics is, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's really rich, Zach, because it, you know, where the Bible says, give an answer for the hope you have. And, and yeah. what it's pointing to is like you said, like people are all looking for what they think is just something they don't know, mm. but they're looking for that hope, you know, and the questions they have, they may not even be deep. We think apologetics and we think of Ravi and those guys and the guys that when we should know what they are saying, we should know because it's one of those things where we, we may not be able to say it, but we know we believe it. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's okay yeah. to be in that spot. But for the, to be able to, t- like I said, talk to your neighbor, talk to that person that God puts you with in the coffee shop. Yeah. Remember that they have questions about their existence, yeah. about mm-hmm. what's going on or what, what what's the meaning of life. And those seem like big questions, but they're really not because God answers them all, you know? Yeah. Well, especially when you've been programmed and taught <clears throat> at, from a young age that, that this whole God thing that you're created, it's actually a fantasy and it's allegory or whatever we're actually we exist because something exploded uh an organism survived we're from the ooze to you know to you basic from the ooze to the zoo to you and you're taught from a young age that this is the truth that you evolved this is how we all came to be and then scripture comes in and says you have a designer a creator a god who spoke all things into creation and this is the truth Mm -hmm. well then now you're wrestling with like that's hard to wrestle with, especially when you've been taught it for, you know, your whole life. I know for us, like if you grew up in a Christian home, you grew up in a Christian school, we've been taught the creation story our whole life. And so that's our, that's our rock. It's our foundation. That's our worldview. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to talk to someone who has a worldview that is based upon, um, they have a different value system, a different purpose for living, like it changes 
everything when that's your worldview and that's the narrative of your life from childhood. And so yeah, yeah. I think it's important to be able to, to talk to people or understand where they're coming from. There's always that like, um, and apologetics is not being able to argue really well. Right. It's right. not just the ability to like blast arguments and to crush someone else's dreams <laughs> with, with your words, You're you wrong. know, or as my seven year old right. or my eight year old son says, crush my soul. You know, it's like, that's not what the, the purpose is. It's to give the defense of why you believe it. And like, yeah. here's the evidence of it. And there is evidence mm-hmm. of it. And so, um, why do we go against the entirety of the world system? Um, because this is the evidence of it yeah. and being able to give that defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I sent this to you guys earlier this week when, you know, when we we're preparing for this episode and, um, you know, a, a great influencer of actually, you know, Ravi Zacharias was Dr. Norm Geisler and he answers the importance of apologetics kind of in four ways. And maybe we can talk a little bit about these. And I, I think this is great. Um, for those of you who might be listening, um, Dr. Norm Geisler says that apologetics matter because, number one, the Bible commands it, right? We read it in 1 Peter um, 3.15, that it's, uh, it's commanded. And um, so the Bible commands it. Two, reason demands it, mm. in the sense that um, our reason, we need to be able to reason. Number three, the culture needs it. And four, the results confirm it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk about that first one, you know, the Bible commanding it, you know, maybe some scriptures that come off the top of your head. Um, I, I wrote one down that I can read mm. while, while I know some of you guys are there looking around. Um, but this is in 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. And this says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, Paul writes, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, for ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. I think I have the... I read the wrong verse. <laughs> I read 2 Corinthians 4. Real good Sorry, one, 2 Corinthians 10. That was a real good one, though. I was like, oh, that's... I like it. I was like, that wasn't what I thought it was going to say. I really hammer that point home. Someone needed <laughs> Sorry. to hear it. <laughs> Someone needed to hear that. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 10. I was reading out chapter 4. Chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. And that says, um, here it is. This is what I was talking about. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but we have divine power to pull down or destroy Mm. strongholds. And we tear down arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so even there, Paul reminds us that um, we're called to, in a sense, there are arguments, there are lofty opinions that are raised up against Christ, against God, and our calling as Christians really is to, to in a sense, destroy, to tear those down. Um, but like you're saying, Andrew, it's not to tear people down. Right. It's, it's to just these, just these false claims, you know, mm-hmm. the, these false claims against that. Was anyone, I don't know if, I think what you said, and that was one of the things that Ravi did, no matter where he was at yeah. with the highest intellectuals, he always, I mean, when, when someone asked him a question, no matter how it was phrased, every single time, thank you. Thank you for that question. That's mm-hmm. a great question. That He always very gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he went to, you know, strongly and confidently tear down a falsehood 
with the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Um, but with, with grace, with love, so that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. No, yeah. I pause it in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. He says, um, or 4 and 5, it says, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time, and let our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. And how the reason, like people are going to ask questions, and so the way that you live should also be an apologetic. So based upon, <clears throat> you know, um, like we were talking about earlier, Paul was convinced of Christ. And so that conviction of who Jesus was actually dictated to him a lifestyle that he lived. And so as Christians, as we are convinced of who Christ is, and we're, we're again rooted in that, it's going to change the way that we live and it's going to, it's going to go against the grain of the world. And people are going to ask, why do you do it that way? Mm. Like, why mm. do you live the way that you live like that? Why don't you do these things? Why yeah. is it that you, and so being able to, um, make the best of those opportunities and, and bringing in the gospel, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I th and you know, I think that leads really into the um, really well into that second reason that is given is that reason demands it. And what you were saying, Andrew, is that um, you know people have questions, mm -hmm. people reason through things. You know, some might do it more so than others. Um, you know, but I know that sometimes we as Christians we're kind of sometimes seen as like unintellectual. You know, yeah. we kind of like, oh, stay away. We're seen as like those that stay away from science, stay away from, in a sense, the the research or, or, or whatever. And we often right. are seen as people who separate faith and science. But God made us as human beings with minds and with reason. And even as you might re remember that passage in Isaiah um, where he calls us to reason with him, yeah, to reason mm -hmm. together from yeah. him. So. You know, maybe some of you might, that might be listening and you're thinking, you're, you're going through questions, you're, you're, or maybe you're asked questions that you don't know how to answer, you know, and I think it's important to understand that questions, asking questions is not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong at all. Just no. because you have a question that you're reasoning through or you're working through, that isn't, that's not a wrong thing for, for, for Christians to do. Um, but um, being that, I, I, I think even what you were saying in the beginning, Joel, um, I think it is important for us as Christians to have a foundation for what we believe, for have a foundation for what we believe. To um, to to quote, I have a quote written down here from Norm Geisler, and he's quoted to say that Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living, and Geisler would go on and mm. say likewise the unexamined faith is not worth having. Mm. You know, and so I mean Jesus even said we're called to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul mind and strength yeah and um these things are important to to reason through those i don't know if you guys have anything along that no i i agree like or do you ever think do you ever have a question pastor andrew do you ever <laughs> do you ever reason within your heart yeah all the time like do aliens exist like how do we know that they don't like Maybe these big cover-ups and conspiracy theories. And I don't know, after that video that the White House released of uh, UFOs? <laughs> the UFOs? Yeah, it's like, oh. And then everyone's storming Area 51. And exactly. Like, I think, um, I forget who it was. It was definitely one of, like, um, it was either Marx or 
some other horrible Going dictator. There. Again, we're not qualified um, in this. <laughs> but he was. There's this idea of of not allowing anyone to have any hard belief in anything, and what that would do was liquefy a people. And if there's a liquidity to you, they can market you, mm-hmm. market to you, sell you anything. They can force you into any mold, and so. That a lot of times, um, it's happening to us and without us even knowing it with like, you know, Amazon, you have randomly an Amazon ad and you're like, how did they know I needed that? You're being marketed to, and the devil does the same thing. Like if you don't have some kind of solid foundation, there's no real foot, you know, there's no footing in your life. Then he can really toss you side to side, force you in any mold, market to you, any sin, um, basically have his way with you. Yeah. And so I think apologetic and understanding, I think just understanding scripture and knowing what the Bible says and the way that it's said in the context that it's written to the people that it's written to having a good understanding. I think that's why Bible teaching is so important and why we go through the Bible and, and teach it book by book as best we can mm-hmm. is so that we have a, some kind of um, solid footing. Yeah. And that way, when the devil does come and he tries to bring this kind of wishy-washy type thing, you don't, it's a, there's resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think there, yeah, we all have questions. Absolutely. And you're right. You should never stop asking questions. I think the Lord calls us to come and reason with him to, um, seek and you will find him. So there is that, that option i don't know any other is there any other religion where it's like yeah try me Mm -hmm. you know you know seek like let's try it out let's have a discussion let's be open to like actually um but i think um allowing people to ask questions and being open to having a conversation with someone i think is so different than what's in the past where people have like christians are so close-minded they won't even have a discussion or talk it's like well no that's something that is a bridge it's not like you have to win the argument and win to Christ like immediately. I think a conversation and and over time, as people are allowed to ask questions, even if you don't know the answer, like I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah. Let me go find out and I'll come back and we'll we'll discuss it. Or let me yeah. give me get your email and I'll email you the answer or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's okay to ask questions. Maybe Joel, you can kind of lead lead in into this. It's it, you know it, it is okay for us to ask questions, and it and it really reveals to us you know like Andrew, you were saying that I I even believe the culture that we're living in is kind of in a sense being liquefied. I don't you used yeah. a better word than that liquidity. So liquidity. You if a I was like whoa. Has some liquidity. <laughs> I didn't know you knew that word. I, just, I, just <laughs> I had to look that up. Will you? I went to Bible college for two semesters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. I, you know, I would say, you know, we live in a post-Christian culture yeah. right now, you know, post-Christian society and, um, apologetics can be seen, um, as like pre-evangelism, you know, in order to lead somebody to Christ, you gotta, mm. you gotta come like, let's say it, there's some people that it's a little bit easier to lead to Christ. They have a belief in God, but what do you do to the person that doesn't believe there is a God? You have to lay that, like you're saying, Andrew, that groundwork. And so apologetics, I think what the beauty of what it does and, and the necessity for it as Christians, even in the way that we fulfill the great commission of making disciples is 
um, some, not everyone you're going to encounter is going to be somebody that was raised up in the church, right. somebody that, you know, and I think even more so if you get sent out in the mission field, you yeah. know, it's not always like that. And so, um, it is kind of seen as like a pre-evangelism where it lays the ground for, um, for those thoughts. And maybe, you know, um, Joel, you can share, cause I know you went to Boulder right. to help plant a church there. And, um, what role of evangelism stories of, of any of that, or, or maybe stuff that you saw there that you can kind of Sure. Yeah. At the bottom line, like what you're saying is this, this, you have to remember, it's one of those things where you have to remember that every single person has a spiritual need. Mm. And so even the person that comes in antagonistically, like Paul, you think of Paul, he hated Jesus. Mm -hmm. He didn't know why he hated Jesus, but he did until he realized he didn't, he hated something else. He actually was in love with God but he didn't know it until someone introduced him to connected the need, his spiritual need with, you know, what he was craving with the true God. And that's again, like just what you're saying he, that you, sometimes apologetics just means laying down the foundation of helping someone realize their need, mm-hmm. you know, so apologetics and, and what the Lord's going to do uh, through your conversation is going to be, could be vastly different between people because we're all different. We're all in different stages, but everyone has a, a spiritual need. So, yeah, there, there's people that simply because I had something to do with Jesus on my bumper sticker would like honk and drive by me and just just take off. Just even <laughs> though I was, I was doing the speed limit, they would have to pass me. And honk. It was just it was weird. And uh, but then there's the dude that walked in. Uh, I was working at a coffee shop and I was just man in the shop by myself. And a dude walked in and um, super, super kind of cool fluid um but he was like <laughs> and he said i was out on there for this conversation because he's like hey do you do you think that true love exists <laughs> and this is boulder you get this a lot this is like it's it's right outside boulder uh, you know the college campus where it's you know just progressive and then she's like you think true love exists and i'm like well and i said do you want my honest answer and um and that's another thing to be um, aware of is that Again, most of us aren't going to debate a lot with people because unless we're those intellectual types, but there's honest, on, there's honest questions and dishonest questions. Right. And so sometimes you, you have to be aware of, is this person just, they just want to argue? And maybe that's okay. Maybe they want to argue and you need to be a sounding board. And again, point out that you have a spiritual need. I see you're upset about something. That's cool. You know? <laughs> Let, and when they see that you're, you're calm, you're confident, and you just, you know, that you have peace and that even if someone questions your faith, you're not riled up, It'll just tear him apart. But then, on, but this dude, uh, he had, it was an honest, uh, it was an honest question. He's like, do you, do you believe that there's just such a thing as true love? And I was like, you, you want my honest answer? He's like, yeah, I go, I, I don't believe that. And this is kind of, you know, four years ago during, I think, you know, there's a lot of crisis in our, in our country, you know, very left, very right, a lot of stuff. And I said, well, I don't believe that without God, there is true love because I believe that God is love. So he has to be introduced in the, introduced into the conversation. And he just looked at me, and for the first time in Boulder within years, he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, you want to hear more? He's like, yeah. And so he just kept going. Like, for the first time, I was like, oh, man, the dude wants to hear more. I was like, I don't even know what to do now. So, but I just kept going. I talked about Jesus. And, and, and again, what, what I just talked about the gospel, because that's kind of, yeah. I was like, well, here's what I said. Here's what I believe. And I, and I, I told him just the basic gospel truth. Um, you know, that God loved us and that's the base of it all is, is love. And so Mm. apologetics again is knowing, you know, what you believe. And it's like, wait, 
God wants us to be in relationship with him, fill that spiritual need. Yeah. And so, again, being able to explain to someone that you're yeah. in a love relationship, same as your marriage. Yeah. Like, And at first, you know, you know, maybe you just get married and things get rough and rocky and, you know, you go through sickness or, or whatever, you know. And, and so you're like, wait, is this person going to stick with me if I'm not the perfect person, which we're not, right? But the longer you go, and it should be the same with, with, with Christ, um, the longer you go, you you just know. You know that you know that, you know, and that's what you're able to explain to other people. Mm-hmm. So, not sure. I touched on a few different points no, there. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? I, I think just realizing people have a spiritual need and then being able to convey that. Yeah. So would you say, like, the first step to having a salt, like a, a good apologetic is being able to communicate the gospel properly? I think, yeah. Like, being able to share I, what the gospel is, not just saying, like, Hey man, you need the gospel or, or like what and That's, understanding. So being able to yes. say, this is what the gospel is. We all have sin, you know, fallen short of the glory of God. Um, God sent his son, like being able to directly share the gospel in its simplest form would be number one. First step to a good apologetic is knowing yeah. the gospel. Yeah. You, you need to be more fluent in the gospel than, um, than your other, you know, ideas and, and, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, debates or arguments and stuff. Yeah, right. You know, the gospel is foundational for us. But I think um, and, too, wouldn't you say most people aren't always looking for an argument? Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times what we're thinking is like, oh man, this is going to turn into an argument. And I think we got to stop thinking of people in that way. Like everyone's mad at Jesus. Right. Not everyone is mad at Jesus. In fact, I think people are more open these days. Yeah. Yeah. In the last 10 years, I've seen go- where we've gone from kind of a Christian culture, and everybody knows, everybody doesn't really want to hear. We've gone kind of sl- slipping into post-Christian culture, and there's so many cool, open people, especially the younger people, like you guys, yeah. like where you guys are at, the people I talk to, they're like, I can tell them about Jesus, and they're like, oh, that's cool. They, they might not be like, well, tell me more or don't tell, but they're just that they're open. And that's mm-hmm. really kind of cool yeah. to even see. And, and that's the, be- the beauty of apologetics in that sense is you, you, we do need, I think there's an importance. We do need to know the gospel. You do need to be able to, you know, because <laughs> you can't, sometimes you find yourself in situations like that where you, you ask someone like, do you want to hear about God? And they're like, yes. And you're like, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> I've never gotten this far. He's like super big <laughs> in the beginning. You know, he lives. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so um, that's um, and and that's you know we do need to become fluent in mm-hmm. in what the gospel is. You know, the gospel. You know, and it should always remove confusion from people's lives, not add to it. And so yeah. we should be fluent in it. Um, but um, one of the beauties of what apologetics does, especially in cultures um, where we can find ourselves, and this is what's crazy, is you can find yourself in, I mean, depending on where you're listening to this, where you live, um, what city you live in. Um, I mean, societies are so, whether you're in a Boulder or you're in Orange County or let's say you're in the Bible Belt in like the heart of Texas or, you know, the societies are different or in New York, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, these places and um the what's so cool about apologetics is it it removes those obstacles that people have in the way of the gospel getting there and Mm -hmm. so you you remove those obstacles so the gospel has a clear um way to Mm -hmm. to reach that person's heart because it's it's so timely that we're talking about this this week because i mean that was one of ravi's biggest hearts Mm -hmm. in um 
with people that came up to him with questions is he never saw the question. He always saw the questioner. Mm. He always saw yeah. the person that was asking yeah. the question and loved that person. And like, that's Jesus, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, book of John says that he came with grace and truth. He cared more so much about the person and, um, and saw the deeper issue behind the question that the person might have asked, whether it was the woman at the well or, you know, right. the rich young ruler or, you know, these different scenarios that you read throughout the Gospels. And, and, and Jesus even used a little apologetics in some sense yeah. to clear the obstacles out of the way so that right. the Gospel, he could present the good news yeah. To, yeah. to them. And the yeah. culture is looking for it right now. Yeah. The culture is asking for it right now. Um, in, in where we live. And I think we're, you know, we as Christians have a unique opportunity, you know, living in this um, post-Christian society to, to do this, you know, yeah. to, to either rise up or uh, <clears throat> not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I think it, we, one of the things I admired about Ravi is he would stand toe-to-toe with some of the most God-hating men, like a, a Hitchens or a Dawkins and these men that were known atheists that hated, hated God, that had like a pro God is dead atheist rally in New York city in central park. And, um, and you know, and he would stand, he would stand toe to toe with them with courage and like, wasn't shaken by their, their taunts and like their laughter at, well, like how unintellectual, how dumb or whatever he didn't, he didn't budge and he would answer their question and it was always, he would always answer the question so wonderfully, Mm. but then he, on the tail end, he would bring like the gospel with it and the reason for the answer that he gives. And he would always tie it back into scripture and, um, and bringing scripture as the authority Mm -hmm. to someone who didn't believe as to that scripture is the authority. He would answer them in a way that like was scientific or was logical but then he would also fall back onto the foundation and the authority of scripture and bring that and tie that back in. And this is why I also believe it, you know, like this mm-hmm. is the, what the Bible says. And so I love that he'd always do that to someone who didn't care that the Bible was the authority or the word of God, but then he would always bring it in anyway and say, remember, this is the, the foundation mm-hmm. and, and the rock that we stand upon. So I always admired that about him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, you know, you know, I mean, the last point that Norm Geisler, Dr. Norm Geisler gives is that the results confirm it. And, you know, pe- people are getting, you know, people come to Christ through this. You know, mm-hmm. you think of um, so many uh, even famous authors that were set out, um, lawyers, attorneys were set out to disprove the resurrection of Christ or mm-hmm. to disprove. Um, I mean, Norman Geisler has a great book out there if you're interested in reading it um, called I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And he argues that it takes more faith to believe that there isn't a God than it does to believe that there is. And, and the evidence that, that um, shows that. But, you know, I think the truth is for, you know, I, I think we can all kind of admit to this is that the average Christian is somewhat fearful, you know, of that. Is somewhat fearful or might feel like we do here inadequate <laughs> to talk about this or to reason with someone, a skeptic, you right. know, um, but it, it always encourages me, you know, and we learned this even going through in our young adults group, going through the Gospel of John, when Jesus um, confronts Thomas, yeah, who's known as 
doubting Thomas, doubting right? Thomas. You know, and um, it, to quote Ravi again, you know, Ravi called Thomas, not doubting Thomas, but he called him the great questioner. Mm. And the beauty of that story, and I love that, is that, I mean, you said it even, Andrew, is that Jesus doesn't run from doubt. He doesn't cower away from it but that he welcomes doubt. He welcomes a skeptic mm-hmm. and he shows his hands and he says, touch my side, see the hands, the holes in my hands and, and believe, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I think for us as Christians, we need to have that, you know, we need to have that, you know, we need to have that mindset of like, not in a sense, running away from those questions. It's okay right. if you don't know an answer mm-hmm. for it, but to welcome it. And um, because God's heart is for the purpose, the person, you know, you never, in a sense, I think my mom and my dad used to always tell me this is that you, you know, no one ever came to Christ because you, you know, you beat them in an argument. You know, it's the love of Christ that, that, um, captures the heart yeah. that gets beyond the question mm-hmm. to like what we've been talking about and to the reality of the issue, um, of what that person might be facing. And cause God loves the questioner. God loves the doubter. God loves the skeptic. Um, we were all there at one point. I think it ties back to what you said earlier about having something personal that you believe that you can share. And, and again, uh, the devil will always try to keep you in fear. But one thing that you can't forget, you know, even if you forget verses or you forget facts, you can't forget is your personal testimony. Yeah. And that's a huge, you, you have to remember that's something you can always mm-hmm. share. No matter what someone comes at you or if they don't have, uh, if you don't have the right answers, you can still say your what God's done in your life. And that will resonate because he's giving you something that they don't have if they don't know Christ yet. Yeah. And no matter what they, they come across as, if they, if, even if it bugs them, they'll go home and they'll still want it. And that's, yeah. that's, you should actually expect that reaction because without Christ and the Holy Spirit, we are feisty. We're just, you know, people are feisty. They, they don't have that peace and they want that peace. And when they see you got it, if they, you know, it's like anything else. They want it, they can't have it unless, you know, and so, so you should actually be okay with that. And, um, and that's why I asked you guys earlier, you know, the, where, where Jesus heals the guy and um, blind from birth, I think, right? And then, and, and then they, they call him in and he's in, you know, big trouble with the, the, the religious leaders. And, and then they call his parents and, and his parents are so afraid. They're like, that's our son. We don't know what happens. And then they're like, peace out. Ask him. He's, he's a grown man. <laughs> Ask him. He's 40. And then, and then they're upset at him and they're like, what happened? You like... And that was one of the things about Jesus. No one, even the Old Testament, no one healed blindness until Jesus showed up, the first person. And, and, he, and all, all he could say was, he goes, I don't know. I can't answer your questions. All I know is I was blind and now I can see. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I know. Amen. Yeah. And, and they couldn't question that. They, you, can't, you, know, you can't say anything against that. So that's yeah. having your testimony and being able to relate some of those facts and, and some, of the, or some of the facts about your own life, about, hey, I used to be anxious, or I dealt with this, or I dealt with this, or, and now that's gone. Like yeah. nothing else can do that but Jesus. So that's, mm. that's the biggest, even apologetically speaking, the reason for our faith, that's the biggest thing that I think a lot of times will convey to someone else. Yeah. You know, and, and apologetics isn't necessary for salvation, <laughs> you know, Praise God. just because, it, <laughs> you know, Lord. it's, and that, that proves it, you know, it's like, yeah. you, you know, I think, and that's why, I mean, Jesus says in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be like a child and to have faith like a child. Mm-hmm. And it's faith what saves us. It's our faith in Christ. And, uh, you know, I think of the story of the thief on the cross, you know, he, what could he do? Who could he witness to, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he was 
uh, you're granted, you know, into heaven. Jesus said, you're going to see me in paradise, you know, and I think he's up in heaven and he knows more about grace than most of us here, you know, and he's, he's rejoicing in that, the grace of God, you know, in that, um, and I'm thankful for that. It's faith that saves us. So don't, if you're listening, don't feel like, you know, oh, I don't know all these things, or, oh, but I don't understand the, you know, the complexities of the human eye and evolution. And, you know, how, how does, you know, astrophysics relate to the, you know, and it's like, you know, it, right, you know, right. hey, if you're, if that's, if your heart is bent on that and those are your desires and maybe you're going to school and you're studying these things and that blesses you, man, God bless you. We need people that love Jesus and that are scientists, that are doctors, mm-hmm. that are, you know, astronauts, that are, you know, all do that, that are in these fields. We need believers um, that are, in, that are in those fields. But, you know, maybe you're like, you feel a little average and you're like, oh, I just believe. <laughs> Hey, that's like, okay. that's okay. Yeah. There's no condemnation, you know, uh, there's no condemnation if you don't understand or you can't debate against an atheist. Like right. God's not going to look at you and be like, well, you had your shot <laughs> too bad <laughs> and you're dead. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes, and we said it before, sometimes the greatest apologist that we can be is one that lives it with our life. Mm. Um, you know, Ravi would call it apologetics with a touch. The world doesn't all just need an argument, but it needs to see that we love people, that we love the, 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 the people that are in need, the hungry, the poor, the homeless, the destitute, the hurting, the sick. Are we loving them? Sometimes that's the best apologetic that we can give. Mm-hmm. Before I... Peace out. Um, three, three, one, and, and this is one that I did remember. I wrote it down. I think Don Stewart was talking about it. But you know, at the end of his show, he said, hey, three things found in Jesus that every human wants. And I talked about those spiritual needs. is your identity, your purpose, and your destiny. And Jesus answer, answers those. Every, every human being, they wonder, where, one, their identity, where they came from, like who you are, where did you come from, where did we come from? And so there's all these answers out there, but we have a simple answer. Mm-hmm. You, you're created with a soul by God and you're loved by Him. That's your identity. Two is your purpose, why, why you're here. Again, when you're living without purpose, it's, 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 it's rough. But we have a purpose. We're connected to our Creator. We have this love relationship. We have business. We're about His business. And it's just cool. We just have this purpose that other people don't. Identity, purpose. And the third is destiny, where you're going. Those are the big things, like what happens after I die. You know, people, they just don't know those three things, identity, purpose, and destiny. And it's like we have, those are all, I think every Christian can answer those pretty, pretty simply, you know. And even putting those out, if you can't answer other questions, if you know, you know, who you are, why you're here and where you're going, that, that's a big one for yeah. me that, that seems to be like, okay, I got, I got yeah. three of the big ones down. Mm. And, and, you know, the little, you know, I can't remember all the little ones or where raptors, <laughs> whatever happened to raptors. But, uh, you know, other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny, it reminds me of a story, you guys might have heard it before, of um, uh, there was these two, like, low-level naval, op- naval, you know, um, I guess, like, I don't know, what would you call, like, a, a officer. grunt officer, not an officer, but some these two guys that were just cadets in the Navy. Right. And it was like in the 1800s and they're like in London. I don't know if you heard the story and they go like to a pub and they, you know, get a little too happy and a little too <laughs> crazy, you know, and they end up spending into the late hours of the night. And during that, this fog rolls into London and they walk out and they're, you know, they're 
stumbling, they can't find their way, and they don't know where they are, and they walk up to this, and this naval officer is strolling the streets, and they, they, they walk up to him, and, you know, they're stumbling over their words, and they, go, they tell him, hey, bloke, you know, do you, do you know, um, do you know where we are, you know, because they can't see anything, and the naval officer points at his medals and his, you know, his, his insignias on his coat and everything, and he's like, he's like, do you guys know who I am? And then one of the cadets looks at the other and says, oh, man, we're in big trouble now. He's like, we don't know where we are, and this guy doesn't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think it's, you know, we could, we, in, in a sense, like, that's kind of like the culture right now. Yeah. Is yeah, like yeah. what you're saying is people don't know where we're going. They don't know who they are, and that they struggle with that. They struggle mm-hmm. with meaning, purpose, mm-hmm. identity. They struggle with... Um, you know, uh, destiny, even morality, yeah. you know, these things. Um, they're so concerned about the left and the right. Are you on the right? Are you on the left? And we forget, you know, that there's an up and a down, that yeah. there's a God, there's a vertical mm-hmm. that, that, that we need to, in a sense, um, you know, pay attention to that needs to take account in our lives. And um, we as Christians, you know, we're called to be the light. We're not called to hide our light under a basket, you know. So are apologetics important for a Christian? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They are important. We should have just started off the conversation that way and just ended yes. it there. Yes. They are. They are important. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> done. Read your Bible. Bible. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and we, granted, we don't know anything here. At least us who are talking. Some of you maybe are smarter than we are. And you're like, oh, I have a degree. And you're like, what did you? <laughs> I'll probably never yeah. use the word liquidity ever again. Nailed that was a it. one time. First try. Yeah, I learned my lesson too. Yeah. But all in all, we as Christians, you know, we are called to share our faith. Whether it's to an atheist or to someone that has walked away from the Lord, we're called to be the light. That's what Jesus was. He cared about the hurting, cared about the broken, cared about the poor, the blind, the lame. You know, the society's rejects. Jesus even said, they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you have for each other. And mm-hmm. I think um, it matters. It does matter. And uh, yeah. So I hope that scratches a little bit of what that was. Yeah. I think so. Very small. I think so. <laughs> the very small surface. And there yes. are some really, really good guys out yeah. there. Like I, yeah, love, listen, I love listening yeah. to the intellectuals. It's great. Mm. Like I said, I can't repeat their stuff, but um, I think as Christians, <laughs> I think it's good as Christians to you know, spend, if you're just going to blow through Netflix for eight hours a day, take, in, take an hour once a week and listen to some of those guys. They're yeah. great. They're yeah. really great, and they'll challenge your faith. Yeah. And, maybe and they'll, they'll give, you'll get something down inside. Yeah, maybe maybe we can give some recommendations to our listeners, yeah. maybe websites, people to kind of look up, maybe people that want to further the study in this. Obviously, yeah. Ravi Zacharias, yeah. we mentioned uh, Norm Geisler. It's great too. G E I S L E R? Yeah, something like that. Oh, sound it out. G Eisler? Geisler? Also, two S is two L's. Also, a German guy. Also, Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel. And he, you know, that, you could do the low key version. Just watch the movie. There you Ooh, go. The is Case it, for Christ. Is it Case for Christ? Yeah. yeah. Good movie. But again, then a lot of his stuff is good. Um, Always be ready. Charlie Campbell's website. Always be ready. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you good. if you've been here at our, our church, Charlie's come um, on Sundays before, and you might remember him as the PowerPoint guy. Comes in with his slides and everything. Super smart. Local. San Diego. Guy. Yeah. Carlsbad. Apologet- yeah. Apologetist. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you say that? Apologetist. Apologetic. 
Apologist. person. Apologist. Apologist. It's a great apologies. <laughs> That's Sorry. Charlie Campbell. Always be ready. There's also Answers in Genesis, I think of. Oh, yeah. Too, uh-huh. uh, which is a good website where they have articles on that. And, yep. And um, Jay Warner Wallace. Mm-hmm. Another local guy that was in Torrance, California, but he was a, he was a uh, detective, or he still is police detective, like homicidal stuff, and he he takes the thing. same time, kind of like Lee Strobel. Yeah. So if your bent is like a little yeah, crime yeah. drama, you're, maybe you can look into that. Ooh, you're a CSI you know, so person. Uh, <laughs> CSI, <laughs> you know, forensic Wallace. files. Yeah. yeah. That, There's also gotquestions.org. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's an app, too. You can even Mm. get the app of it, but you can ask any question. A lot of times it'll bring up an article that's biblically sound. It's usually really, really good. And that's cool. If you do meet someone with a specific thing, like they are Mormon or they're they're, Muslim, and you're like, how do I... How I answer their, their questions. Yeah. That is a good resource there. And I think, too, we always have to remember that whenever someone is demanding an answer from a Christian, like, how come, how could a, you know, whatever, they're asking you a question, they're like, oh, you don't have the answer. They also, too, have to answer the question that they're asking. Mm, like, right, so, right. so if I have, if you're asking me the question, well, what do you think? And always kind of like asking, well, what do you think it is? Because why do I have to answer if you don't? Right. You know, it's like always, I think it's kind of a sweet little trick. Not trick. That's probably a, <laughs> like, why I don't know. Is... What do you think? And they're like, whoa, I don't know. Then why do I have to know? Like, calm down. Why don't we have a nice conversation? <laughs> Let's go have some coffee. Yeah. Chill. Maybe decaf. Try that. So Yeah. So if you have any questions on any of that, feel free to call Pastor Andrew. He'd love to answer any of your apologetic questions. Very smart. <laughs> Two semesters of Bible college, baby. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> I crushed Joshua class. <laughs> no, yeah. So thanks for listening, guys, to Lightning Rounds. Thanks for sending in your questions, too. We seriously get stoked every time you guys ask questions. And even the random ones, we, we totally love them. And sorry we didn't, we didn't get to get to any of the random questions. There's a couple of random questions people ask, but maybe we'll save that for next one. Yeah. So... <laughs> So they're great. But if you have any more questions or any more topics you want to hear about, or maybe even guests that you know um, that we wouldn't have to pay money to bring them, <laughs> you know, we'd love, uh, we'd love to hear about it. So you can just message, um, either email us or you can find us on Instagram at refuge underscore SJC and just message us and send those in. But um, Joel, thanks for joining us for this. It was a pleasure. You know? Pleasure. You know, Joel joined not even knowing what question we were going to be asked. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. sorry. So, yeah. So, any last words before we take off? Famous last words. Famous last words. Those were your last words. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my last words. Those were your last words. Keep loving Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. God bless you.